Here we go. The three amiibos are here, recording for you. If you play the games, you can join in too. Put your hands together. Give them a rub as we take you to Donkey Kong Games Club. Huh, DK. Donkey Kong. The crew is back. You know them well. Connor, July, and Jeremy will kick some tail. We'll cover eight games every other week. Otacon will piss himself like a freak. From arcades to tropical freeze, this games club will meet all of your needs. Huh, DK, Donkey Kong, PA. Patreon.com. Be sure to go to patreon.com slash super NPC radio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier to hear each episode of the Donkey Kong Games Club. Patreon.com slash super NPC radio at the $10 DJ Toad tier. What's that? It's gonna be bananas. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from their past. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game fun, memorable, and the specific choice for the main event today, as we will, about the context of how our guest uh, fell for this game in the first place and what was meaningful for them in their life at the time and any of that fun context that surrounded this experience. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that if you're on social media, heck, you can find us. Uh, you can find us both on Instagram and Twitter. We're on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod, and we're on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. On Twitter, there's just one Y, so that's B Y O U R. There you can see what episodes we have coming out. You can see the fun art that I make for every single one of these things, and you can even learn a little bit about our guest. And if they have anything that they would like support on or anything going on, you'll learn about that too. You can also support the show in a few different ways. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever you think the show deserves. But if you like it, I'd hope you left a five-star positive review. Um, and uh, if you do, I'll even read it on the show. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or maybe even the game we are discussing today for the main event. And you can also... Uh, support us on Patreon. That is the way that you can support us the most. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And if you like me and the discussions I have with people on video games, I think you're going to like what you find there um, because it's not only myself who contributes to that. It's video games, a comedy show, the reactivators and inside video games with July Diaz. Um, one of the items you can get at the, the $10 DJ Toad specifically is a monthly version of the show, the Call Me By Your Game co-op episode where I sit down uh, with a group of people instead of just the one to hear about a meaningful video game to all of us or a game that's just come out that we can't stop talking about. 
Most recently, we covered uh, Mario Kart Double Dash for the Nintendo GameCube. And in fact, there's a preview in this very feed just before this episode. So if you're listening to this one, go back one episode. You can hear about 30 minutes of that episode. The full thing's on our Patreon. And yeah, just check it out if you're inclined. We're at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. But that'll do it for the housekeeping of the show. And I will finally introduce our very special guest for today. So please welcome, stepping up to the microphone, Sherman Adams. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me, Carl. I, I, it's an honor, I feel, to be on this podcast. Uh, I've, uh, it's an honor that you would even say such a thing about, about this event that is happening right now. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Um, my friend, uh, you are one of uh, – the, sometimes people come on the show and we've been talking about it for a long time. Other times someone hits me up and they're like, hey, I'm interested, and it works out um, that uh, you know the list is short or it just happens. You're one of those people who I've just like had on my list for I think since I started the show that I'm like at some point I got to reach out to Sherm to get him on the show and – you know, it, it was a, a series of events that who, who knew all these happenstances could occur. And here you are on the show. So I'm so glad you could do it. Um, my, my friend, uh, I know you uh, through the Los Angel- Angeles improv and comedy community, but uh, through, you know, your wife, Liz Adams, former guest on the show who came on to discuss the Sims franchise in general. <laughs> But you don't find yourself, uh, you know, performing very often. Is, th- is there anything you want to share about yourself? And who the heck is this mystery man we've got on the show? I am a mystery. And I'm flattered that you would say that I don't perform very often because I don't think I perform at all. Yeah, the way uh, I phrased that was even <laughs> misleading in itself, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you perform for like, life. And yeah, that's, I, I guess that's your performance. I'm, I'm a life performer. Or it, I could have like <laughs> sec- super secret performances that no one knows about, but apparently you do. <laughs> I've been privy to them. I don't know if anyone has told you that, but I've got my eye on you, friend. Hey, yo. Hope that doesn't um, creep you out too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Liz and I like to refer to myself as a non-com. I am a non <laughs> I've never heard you say that. That's pretty funny. Which is which is funny because you are such a charming, funny person yourself. So, but I, I understand oh. what you mean by that. Yeah, it's it's just funny because like when Liz and I moved to LA to to back up a little bit, Liz didn't really have or in our plans for Liz to get into acting or get into the industry as mm-hmm. they say here in LA. So it's just interesting that when we moved here that our our biggest community and I have sort of absorbed it myself has has been the comedy community here in LA and it's been it's been great. It's honestly been the like best group of like friends that we could make here. So it's been oh, wonderful. I'm- I'm so glad. So a non-com yet uh, just, you know, surrounded by comms, I guess. Yeah. Um, love not... love me some comms. You love you some comms. <laughs> um, Sherman, it, it might uh, shock you to learn that, you know, assuming that you and I met within, I don't know, six months of, of Liz and I starting uh, our pra- original practice group for the interns and then, of course, what would become our actual – our first – at least my first regular indie team. Um, if we met within a few months, then that, my friend, would mean that we've known each other for six years. Yeah, that is frightening. Twenty all way back to twenty sixteen. I would assume we had to have met sometime that summer, 
after we all started uh, uh, practicing and then performing together, I couldn't put like a pin on this was the moment. You know, you'd think that, you know, hearing this guy's voice, Sherman Adams, that there would have been a light <laughs> coming down uh, from from the sky on you when we first met. But we did become fast friends um, so much. Uh, and and we just like really enjoyed our time around each other. Now I'm cl- I'm uh, qualifying it so you can't uh, get disagree with me. Uh, I always enjoyed <laughs> my time around you. And we also, you know, one of the reasons you're on the show today is that we have a mutual interest in video games. And you mm-hmm. even let me borrow a game at one point. Yeah. A game that I, I would have to check I might still have on me. And that was the first Destiny game. Yeah. That's right. You're like, yeah, you still have it, pal. Yeah, you, you still <laughs> – I don't think about it at all. It's totally fine. <laughs> huh, that's weird. It, I, there's steam coming out of Sherman's ears right now for the listener at home. Um, it's good thing it's an audio podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, I. But I, you let me borrow that. It must have been, I think, the fall or winter 2016 because the Switch hadn't come out yet, but I was very excited. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of – I was revisiting old Zeldas that I really liked, but you gave me Destiny and – I don't know. I don't think I played that much online, but I did go through a portion of the story mode. And as someone who likes a bungee shooter, it was a blast. And so from that moment on, I was like, this guy likes a video game. And I had it (laughs) clocked up here. Um, Sherman, uh, is there anything else about yourself before uh, we get into some more stuff that you want to share? Have we done a good job of introducing you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm really bad at sort of describing what I do or what my history is. And so I maybe what I'll do as like a little game is I'll throw it back to Ooh. you, Connor. What do you think I do as a non-com? What is well, my job? I, I would have formerly referred to you as Mr. Shoe is what I would have is what I would have <laughs> referred to you as. How accurate would that have been at a certain point? A Mr. Shoe? What do you What do you mean? I'm I'm referring to the to uh, Adidas is what I'm referring oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And I that's did, I did. So you see the connection there? Is it just calling you Mr. Shoe? I got it. Yeah, I'm I am no, I'm no longer a shoe. Uh, yes, this is of, true. As of this year, yeah. So I am actually an architect. Um, I don't know if you've had a num- if if you've had any architects on the show, but yeah, I you I was could, trained. You're probably the first. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that I congratulations. Could be first. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Someone's got to uh, be. Basically, architects are creative people whose parents told them that they needed to make money when they grew up. So we yes. became architects. Uh, so yeah, I, I um, went to school in New York as an architect, and I worked on like a number of like interiors and like uh, high rise buildings uh, yes. when I when I worked there. And this was right before the recession hit. But wow. before that, I switched over to retail. So that's mm. that's why I started working for that shoe company. Oh uh, yes, as I've we'll been, refer to them yeah. from here on out. So uh, I'm a, I guess in my present state, uh, you could call me like a brand environmental designer. So I, I do things from like stores to pop ups, uh, trade shows, stuff like that. And then, so my my current um, function that I am now, I I'm a creative director for an experiential marketing company. So we do like uh, brand activations. Yes, and. Now I'm remembering. I don't need. I mean, we don't need to talk about. It. We don't need to talk about it on the show. But it's it's up to you. I'm remembering a little bit of our most recent conversation uh, when I was visiting you, you two, you three, really. And uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Now I, I'm remembering a little bit. Um, but that is that's so cool. Uh, I love that. I I do have like a just from my own life, sort of a memory I'm remembering of 
of that being thrown out as like a career thing you could do. It's like, oh, you're a creative. Like, have you considered architecture? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like, oh, that was my parents. It was a, it was a different way of saying, have you also thought about getting a business minor with that film degree? Right, and exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so coming from a similar place, I think, well, that's uh, that's so cool. Are you, I don't even remember and forgive me. Are you from New York? Are you from the East Coast? No. So Liz and I are actually both from Michigan. Um, what? And I mean, even, I knew she was from the Mitten. Yeah, even even further back. I was born in San Diego. So I'm I'm a military baby. So I was born on okay. the base. And then we moved to Michigan to be near my dad's family when I was really young. So that's how wow. Liz and I loosely got introduced to each other because we had a mutual friend that I went to high school with that was her college roommate. Wow. And they're like, hey, Michigan, you two talk or something. Or I yeah. don't know, start a family, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Those are the two choices, yes. Yeah. You and hey, a lot of people are choosing that start a family option. Um, what uh, can I ask what uh, what city you would say you're from in Michigan? I am from Lansing. So Michigan State yes. territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, go Spartans. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, oddly enough, I was a U of M fan. Oh, really? In, yeah. Wolverines. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cooler <laughs> than a Spartan. They're like, I mean, I'm just thinking of the literal Wolverine that we all know from uh, the X-Men. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, you know, I'm also a big comic nerd. So I think maybe that's okay, why I gravitated to U of M. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, very cool. Well, thank you for giving us some additional background about yourself. Uh, and and I say us, and I'm as if that wasn't informative to me uh, and wasn't for me. But thank you, Sherman. Of course. Um, we are, of course, going to get into your general history with video games in a bit. But before we do that, would you just uh, tell the listener, uh, introduce us to the game that we're going to be discussing for the main event later? Yeah, so I'm super excited to talk about the id software game Quake. I, I'm very excited for a number of reasons. One of them being that I want to say on like episode 16, we talked about Doom. So mm-hmm. we're getting a successor to that finally, all these episodes later. Um, I'm really excited to hear about you know what that game meant to you and everything else. But let's get into your history with video games. The first thing that I'd like to know is do you remember taking an interest in video games as a for the first time maybe as a kid or were they something that was just around when you gained consciousness <laughs> yeah so i think honestly i feel like video games were part of my earliest memories Ooh. Um, i think um growing up so my dad was in the navy and he loved electronics like we always had this these like stereo equipment and things like that from mm-hmm. his travels. And so I I have a really early picture of me in San Diego playing with an Atari uh, set when I was probably three Whoa. or something like that. So I've always been around it. And But I think my like earliest memory of like, uh, I am a person and I remember things and I play <laughs> video games, it was probably the like, mid 80s nintendo set with and i I messaged you this um what was it the robot that was sold yes um uh the rob the robot but the game uh gyromite gyromite Gyromite. yeah i think that was one of my earliest um memories because it was a figure robot so Yeah. (laughs) yeah oh that's so cool uh this is uh ashamedly i'm pretty sure and i i 
you know, even though we've done a hundred and now thirty of these, uh, I I do remember pretty well things that people have discussed. I don't know if Gyromite has come up on the show, so this is a wonderful first for us. I this is it's an honor. Now well, the we, honor's mine. We could we could talk a little bit about it if you want, because I, I I did remember a lot about it, and I looked it up when I was like, oh, what game do I want to yeah. talk about? And then I was just looking up, and it was insane. This thing because Please, I don't yeah. know if you remember. Or like like watched any like history things about Nintendo. So the the robot I can't remember what his his name was Rob. I think it's just Rob. Yeah, because it's Rob, and they were worried about introducing the NES into the states because of the video game crash. Yes, and so they were like, oh, let's not let's not market it as like an electronics device. We'll do it as a toy. Hence、mm-hmm. Rob, and then it worked. Like because. <laughs> Kids like me were like, I want to play with this robot thing that also talks to the TV. Yeah. But the way it only sold, it only worked with two games: Gyromite, and then I can't remember what the other one was. Oh I yeah. I think it was、uh, so frustrating to play <laughs> with that I was like, I do not want to continue doing this as a four-year-old. Yes.、Um, but it it had these crazy spinning discs, and essentially it was just a second player that pressed A or B, but、yes. you needed to tell it. To press A or B, which was kind of silly, but it was just a very elaborate way to do it. And so、yeah. it had these like, in order to do, let's say, if they needed to do A and B,、mm-hmm. it had these spinning discs that you needed Rob to move. But in order to spin the discs, his little claws had to pick up the disc, move very slowly <laughs> to his left hip, put it on this like. Contraption that would spin it like a top,、mm-hmm. and then it would pick it up again, and then place it down on this little small disc about the size of a quarter, and it would spin there for minutes because it had to in order to go pick up the other disc and do the same thing so that you could do your combo. So Gyromite would take forever to play, <laughs> and it was so frustrating because the way that it worked, it was basically kind of like Donkey Kong, and you had to like go up and down these things,、yeah. and then. Uh, you had to activate these pillars to move up and down. So you had to time it not only when the <laughs> the bad guys were coming, but you had to remember how long it took Rob to pick up the freaking disc and then like place it back down. Oh my god! Like I, that's I that's adding su-、uh, like such an unnecessary element to the video games. But I see that the plan was just get people into the ecosystem. Yeah, I'm sure but- people were just like, "Screw it! I'm just gonna play with my other hand. This is、yes. ridiculous." <laughs> that really does crack me up, though. Oh my gosh! I can just having to account for the slow moving nature of that robot while playing a game, and it, yeah, that is hilarious.、Uh, gosh, so did you?、Um, Did, what did it work for you? Were you like in, and did you play some Nintendo games, or were did you play a console,、uh, or were more meaningful games for you after that? Yeah, so I mean, I was I was hooked,、uh, young Sherm playing with Rob,、nice. and so I was like, what else? What else do we got for this drug called video、yeah. games?、And、so <laughs> naturally, there's Mario.、Um, we played Joust. Oh,、uh, and then I, I think I. I messaged you these other couple games,、uh, Akari Warriors, yes, and、yeah. is it Commando? I think it was Commando, which what, were Bionic Commando. No, it was just Commando. Commando. Okay, I'm、yeah. thinking of a different game. So, and they were basically vertical scrollers. Yeah. Um, um, but they, I think they were like arcade ports, but they were infuriating because <laughs> they were 
designed to work with arcade controls. So you had the ball and everything like that. But with an NES, you only had four directions. And so if you needed to shoot a bad guy at a diagonal, you had to do like mathematics in order to like get your <laughs> cursor. There wasn't like a, you couldn't just like rotate and spray to get yes. everybody. You had to like position your dude. And then when I was researching what game to talk about, I was like, oh, let me let me remember Akari Warriors because I remember not getting very far. Mm-hmm. There was a cheat to oh. get lives. Or oh, was it? A, no, maybe it was Commando. One of the games that I remember I could never get past a certain level. And then apparently there was a cheat the entire time to just sort of like respawn before respawning was a thing and then but so like me and my family or friends who would play it we would have to start at the beginning and we're like oh my god we're never gonna finish this game because they're when i was looking up the other levels i was like oh my god i i never got very far (laughs) i played and i played it for like hours (laughs) that's a lot of old games for me as well because i had an nes growing up never had a super nintendo and yeah a lot of those old games they function like that, whether it was an arcade port that was originally made to just be a quarter suck, or it was that was how games were played because they wanted you to feel like you got your money's worth and they didn't want you to beat it in a day or so. Yeah, so, exactly. Gosh, that's so funny that you had to do all of this fighting just to play video games <laughs> with both Robin <laughs> and Commando. That's yeah. really funny. Um, uh, how about... Was was the were you in? Was it after the NES? Were you still playing games after that time? Yeah. So, what's your? You jo- know, I want to hear a little bit about your journey. So, I was like definitely part of. There was such a culture around video games when mm-hmm. I was young. So, like late eighties, early night. Oh, I just outed myself. How old I am? So, like, um, okay, we'll uh, we'll we'll totally scrub that from the episode. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. Thirteen. So I, she's beautiful um (laughs) when so i think that just became sort of culturally like you had toys to play with you had gi joes you had transformers and you also had video games so these were all things that we did together as kids Mm. and so you know there was like you would do the two-player games and things like that so um i think that was just kind of how I formed friendships Mm. and how to like function as a young child of like having interests and so I was I was definitely in so you know I went from my Nintendo and then I got a Sega and I think at that point my parents were like you have enough things with this robot guy and then (laughs) Sega uh, that I never got as as the years went on I never got like a Sega CD or I never got a oh yeah um, uh, Super Nintendo or N64. I was stuck with my Nintendo and Sega. Um, but yeah, I, I played a ton of games on Nintendo. And it, I mean, this mm. is like expected, but like Super Mario 3 was just like my ultimate. I just loved yeah. that for, for, um, for Nintendo. And I think the thing that intrigued me about Super Mario Brothers and a lot of games did this because I think the developers just had fun was there was all the secrets you know like yes how you could like disappear behind di- different obstacles and so I think that sort of carried uh, my interest through the years of like sort of like uh, if we you know we'll get into it later when I got into Destiny but like glitching and stuff like you just like yeah. find these things that you're not really supposed to but I feel like they're built in there for uh-huh. I mean also intentionally 
for Super Mario 3, you were supposed to do some of these things because they had, like, you know, secrets. But, like, as games got way more complicated and the worlds got more complicated, there's no way the developer could sort of, like, rein you into these certain areas. People were bound to kind of, like, cheat and get out of bounds and discover sort of the the inner workings of the game. So I was was hooked. It was... um, uh, it was definitely part of my adolescence is how we played with each other and how, like, you know, having sleepovers and playing games to like two in the morning. Like, yeah, was, that was definitely part of, of growing up for me. Oh, I love I love hearing that. Uh, I And I could just talk about Super Mario Brothers three all day. Um, but uh, I, I since you, you know, gave a detail about having, you know, your Nintendo and your Sega uh, for the longest time, did you end up falling away from games because you? Because obviously, at a certain point, they stopped publishing games for those systems. Or did you have a renaissance at some point? What happens after this period? So I was pretty involved in video gameplay all throughout like middle school and high school, but cool. I just didn't have those consoles. And okay. I, I grew up with not a lot of money, so I think also my parents were like, "We can't." keep buying you these things um so it was always like that was also part of the having the the friendships in the communities you would go over to a friend's place and like oh they have the latest game or they have the latest console so um you know for like super nintendo we would play like um what was it um oh my god i'm completely blanking uh mario kart and oh, that was yeah. like one of our favorite things to do. Like, you know, you'd have like the 27 inch CRT yes. TV that was divided into four. And we all <laughs> to be like crowded and like, you know, throwing food at each other, like as we like beat each other up in the on the course. But there was definitely um, something that was just weekends, weekend, weekend yeah. plans of like what we would do for sleeping over and stuff. But like it was definitely different. So I'm an only child. So yeah. when I went back home, uh, I didn't have like a sibling to then go play video games with or, or things like so things got a little long in the tooth for me. Yeah. As you mentioned, sometimes they just stop playing games and you you know, I could only play Sonic two for so long <laughs> after they stopped <laughs> they first introduced it. So um but I, I still kept up with uh the games just just through my friends and my family. Cool. Uh, I love yeah. that. Were there some, uh, you you already mentioned Mario Kart. Over the years, were there some other like standouts from you, whether it be a game you played with other people or watched someone play or even tried yourself? Yeah. So, um, I mean, beyond, I mean, to, to kind of like pick up on the last topic, I, after I graduated high school and I went to college, video games really took a backseat yeah. for me. And also just like my major was completely insane. Uh, and I, and I, I moved to New York, so like it's you know the entire city is a walking video game. Yeah. So I think there was just um, time didn't really allow me to kind of get sucked into because I would totally just immerse myself in games when I did play them. Yeah. So I I didn't really have the opportunities, or maybe it was just like I need to make friends or I need to like go do stuff. So um, I didn't really play games a lot. So what happened is there was like a real like. Uh, defining time where I left Michigan and that life behind were sort of like games and things were like part of it yeah. and then I went to college it's become like a young adult and then games started to kind of like leap for me meaning that like I didn't 
play them for several years until I would pick up something that maybe I saw someone playing. So I lived in like a loft in Brooklyn mm-hmm. um, and we would have like six roommates. It was completely insane. But like someone <laughs> would have a console or something like that. Or in college, I um, uh, was roommates with a number of people. Someone had like a PlayStation 3 or something like that. Wow. So we would pick, I would like pick up whatever game was laying around if I was like done with midterms or something. And then mm-hmm. I'd see kind of like what was going on and sort of like what was the zeitgeist of like gaming at the time. Because yeah. my... my all my roommates were always stoners, so they were always playing video games and stuff like that. So <laughs> The two go um, hand in hand, it turns out. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I'm terrible at smoking weed. I would just smoke and get so <laughs> paranoid and weird. They'd be like, Sherman, it's your turn. I'm like, I can't. I can't. Skin, you know, I'm glad you said much. something because I normally do ask my guest, how good are you at smoking weed? So I'm oh. thankful that you came clean immediately. <laughs> I'm good. Is there a scale? Because I'm like, I'm real low. You know what we do? It's funny you ask because the we do. It is the Sherman to uh to. I'm trying to think of like a famous to like famous stoner. Uh, Tommy uh, Chong. To, yeah, that is. It's a, so. I'm. It's honestly. I hope you're not offended by finding out that you're the bottom of the scale. I'm glad that I'm a base. I'm like hey, a base level. So you know what? Good. Someone's got to be. Um. But so you had stoner roommates. Yeah. So we would. And what I found after high school was that when I would then pick up a game, they had just changed so much. Yeah, definitely. Games for me were like platformers and scrolling games and then the occasional, you know, there was a very early games of like uh, FPSs like uh, GoldenEye yeah. um, things like that where it was, it started to get real different and the worlds and the 3D started to get, I, I do remember that when N64 came out mm-hmm. and the, the Mario game came out for that. Yes. I was like, this is amazing. I can like spin around. And so that like was mind blowing to me. Um, and I, I just like, I noticed how the world building changed a lot, especially after I graduated high school. So like, I think I mentioned this to you before we talked the last time you were here that mm-hmm. when I played Metal Gear Solid 2, oh, yeah. the whole complex narrative and I basically was playing a movie. Yeah. Because I had not really paid attention to video games uh, like for a while and then i picked up that game and i was like what <laughs> what happened to video games this is I a thought, lot more complicated than tetris yeah i'm not collecting rings yeah and just like yeah <laughs> so but i was blown away and i loved it but i was also kind of sad because i was like i don't have the time to play all of these amazing games because oh, like, yeah. look look at like what they're doing now and then of course like the gaming engines were getting better the consoles were getting better um and so uh i i basically pick up some game and get really immersed into it for like a little bit and then drop off for several yeah. years and pick it up again yeah interesting uh yeah i, for, I forgot about the anecdote uh, that you did share about metal gear solid 2 that's so great as a game that i played for the first time this year and was just like blown away by and, and really loved uh that, that's that's really fun to hear um you know i i know that if, at a certain point I, you know, I was just blessed with a with a disc of a certain game <laughs> called Destiny. So I know that you must have had some sort of a renaissance at a certain point. Um, when did that happen for you? Yeah, so I think so when we moved to LA, 
Uh, Liz had a big Korean community that she grew up with back in Michigan that was here in LA. She just oh, kind of wow. like fell into them. And so one of her um, childhood friends, his name is Andy Lee. He's a, he's a streamer. He goes by Cook Sucks. He is like an IRL streamer. Oh. But he was super into Destiny because I think Destiny came out in 2013, 2014. I think so. It was like right when the new con, like the PS4 and, and the one were coming out, I want to say. Yeah. And so he was obsessed with that game. And as I mentioned before, like game narratives have changed so much. And I didn't really like play Halo and things like that. Yeah. And I know that there's an entire like saga story to that that i just wasn't really aware of i did try to play it with a roommate of mine we would do like a pvp yeah. and i was garbage and i think what <laughs> happened, i picked it up and what i didn't realize because again i didn't play a lot of games uh for several years at a time i'm inverse for oh, vertical yeah so i couldn't aim properly until like someone showed me much later i was like oh you just need to inverse your things and you're fine and then i was good so oh, man yeah so um so our friend andy was just obsessed with this game he's just trying to like evangelize everybody and he's like <laughs> uh he was obsessed because also the lore of the game is really interesting and mm -hmm. so that was his pull and i was like oh I, I love the story and world building behind these games let me let me check it out and so i at the time i had an xbox which is the disc i think yes. that i let you borrow mm -hmm. so i picked it up i think it was on sale and i was like let me let me try it let me see what this is about and i loved it like you know because bungie is so well known for their gaming mechanics that it just mm -hmm. felt so good to play it was it was no golden eye but like it was pretty up there um <laughs> and I, I think i just stuck with it and i was like oh this is great and it's, it's at the core it's a looter shooter so it, it they just get you to like get the gear and like yeah. keep going and going and going uh but then as the more i played and the more i got sucked into the lore and sort of like the different races and species and stuff i was like this is freaking dope and then uh, I bought a bunch of discs and I just started handing them out to our friends and you got one of them. Just kidding. I was um, going to say, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure I pretty much just kept your copy of it. That's, that's so funny. Did you ever, um, did you play the second one? I know it's still pretty big. Yeah. So I played the first one for a long time and I did like all the raids. I did all the strikes. Uh, mm. I got pretty good at PVP. Like my KD ratio was like pretty good Ooh. um so i was like pretty excited when destiny 2 came out i was like i was super hyped for it yeah. and then um oh i was so into destiny that i got a playstation 4 that's the taken king edition oh yeah now we're talking <laughs> yeah so i was super into it so when destiny 2 came out i was like oh i'm getting this game uh the boys are gonna like go raiding and, and everything it's gonna be dope and then destiny 2 came out and then like the first campaign was like okay and mm -hmm. then everyone was like what happened to the game yeah. like they changed so many things about it that i think what and this is also when i think they got bought by activision mm. um is it activision i can't yes. remember or ea oh my god someone's gonna crucify me but uh i think they just got um they got twisted into sort of like monetization yeah rabbit holes of like mm. oh you like do all these certain things and so people were like this is not the game that we loved at Destiny yeah. 1. And not that Destiny 1 was perfect, but we were hoping that they would grow everything that we liked about it. But they just were like, I think they just changed things to change things. And so like, for instance, in PvP, like you would go into a map and you'd be one of six players against another team of six. 
they changed it to four and it changed the entire oh yeah dynamics because then people were just like only move with the other three players and then you would just get completely killed by four on one and it was yeah. like this is not fun and then i i fell off because mm. and then all my friends were like this is not this is not our game anymore it sucks um and so then we were kind of desperate to see like well you know we were keeping an eye out on like what else is kind of like not a replacement yeah. but like we like these open world shooters things mm-hmm. and then and then anthem was announced and i don't know if you remember anthem i do know i i'm not very well but i, I i'm very much familiar so that was one of the games that we were like oh this is this is it like is this our savior like we yeah. can go back and start like raiding and team and it was a disaster it was yeah. so bad because it was basically <laughs> like oh you could be like C- celestial iron man with like pie uh powers and you were in a mech suit and you could like fly around and do stuff and it felt great to play but they i think they just rushed it and mm. then because the reception was so bad that they stopped making things for it and then people were like what happened to all the stuff that you were gonna tell us about but then all the meanwhile destiny 2 got better and they they broke off from the major gaming um I have to look this up or something. It's gonna like bother me. But uh, let's say whatever it's the company, yeah, whatever, whatever the big gaming company was. But they broke off from them. And we're like, we're just gonna go out on our own because we're tired of being hamstringed by this big company. So yeah. they basically started swinging from the rafters, and they got way better at storytelling. They started incorporating things into the game that people were like, "Give us these things." But the problem was everyone had already dipped. So it was like the diehards that were like, oh, this is great. We're getting it back. But then the community had completely shrunk, fallen apart, especially in including my my clan that I used to play with all the time. So it was like when it started to get better, I was like, hey, guys, let's go back. And they were like, no, it's like, ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dang. Well, you tried. Um, I guess one of the last uh, questions I have for you is uh, unless that Destiny Two is that game, um, is that has there been another game uh, of note in the last few years for you that uh, that you've had a good time with that you wanted to shout out? So I'm I'm definitely a Destiny diehard, and that is like my game. Like it's like funny because like so like Liz is like super into Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and yeah. like, uh, Game of Thrones. So like there are certain like properties that she nerds out about mm-hmm. destiny is my property nice. and like it's gotten a lot it's so, like destiny basically is back like mm-hmm. everything is so good about it but no one is there to play with but i think the game that i was like pretty into for a little bit in recent years that wasn't destiny was actually um no man's sky oh Beca- yeah yeah and at that that had a real rough launch too because it had all this like really like great promise of like every planet that you uh, go to is unique so there were literally trillions of different planets that you could go to and there was kind of a campaign main story and kind of the objective was to get to the center of the earth uh galaxy and i think i did it in the first like few weeks and then i was like that's it and then it, it came out that sean murphy the the lead game developer he like rushed it and then all the things that they wanted him to get in um, that he talked about on the trailers and the teasers and stuff just didn't come with the game and but Mm. it took literally years to get there and now again the diehards that stuck with the game are totally with it because now 
it's an amazing game and they have a VR extension. So if you wanted to explore with an Oculus or something, like you could run around a neon planet in a spaceship in VR and it's amazing. But like you could like build like your own uh, like stations and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. Oh. The other game that I was super hyped for, oh my god, all these games have like terrible launches, is Cyberpunk. <laughs> I was oh. super, I was super in. You're three for three. <laughs> yeah, right? Is it? Oh my god, Connor, is it me? Um, but you stick around for the long haul and that's what's important. You're a, you're loyal. That's right. I still play Cyberpunk to this day. Don't tell anybody. Um, I, I was Also scrubbing I was, that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, I was super hyped for that because that was such a long hyped game. A lot of promise and for that too. They had Johnny Silverhand with Keanu, Keanu Reeves. And mm-hmm. so, like, the world was like, give us this game. And just the world itself was, like, super cool. And I think it was kind of, like, where people were at with, like, Synthwave and Vaporwave stuff that, like, people just really wanted the game. And then it had such a terrible launch that it was like, man. But I really enjoyed the game because also I didn't play it on the PlayStation. I played it on a PC. And so oh, my I think gosh. I played it. I got to play it right how they wanted it and then yeah i never really had any issues with the game i was like i don't know what you guys talk about this great <laughs> yeah i heard from a, i mean a lot of people who were pc players that they had little to no uh issues at least similar to those that console players had yeah wow yeah, i mean i i couldn't my little laptop couldn't handle ultra graphics but even still it was like it was it was a good time I oh it. That's so cool. Um, man, hey, that the, the one takeaway from your gaming history has got to be like this, man. He'll stick around. He'll give you a shot. <laughs> it's the Sherman it. Adams guarantee. Well, That's right. Um, Sherm, thank you for so much for sharing um, you know, pieces of your, of your video game history with us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll finally get into all things Quake. Uh, so, Sherm, I'll see you on the other side. I'll see you there. is jeremy schmidt and i'd like to tell you about my podcast video games a comedy show this is you guessed it a comedy show about video games every episode a panel of video game liking comedians discusses a brand new topic the games they've been playing and best of all the news are there bits arguably way too many if you like to laugh and or like to play video games check out video games a comedy show anywhere podcasts can be found Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game here on episode 130 with the great Sherman Adams ready to discuss Quake. Sherman, hello, my friend. Thank you for having me back. And uh, it's getting a little, I don't I, I don't know, is he going to have me have me back? On, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I oh, yeah, we're keeping, the rec- we're keeping the recording going. You, this, is your, this is a recurring bit, you know, that people do. Because I, yeah. I don't know if it's the way that I phrase it or what, but... Half the time, it just it lead people into that, unfortunately. But that's funny because you were in on the joke there. One, one, one day, <laughs> you just got to be like, uh, that's it, guys. It's just... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, and thank you for listening. That'll be our episode today. Uh, that's a, that's a, that'll have to be my first like recurring guest, or like first person who comes back for their second solo episode, maybe. Yeah, um, 
And if I, uh, if it's long enough in the future, it could be you. Who knew who's to say? Um, there we go. But I'm, I'm really excited to get into, you know, the Quake discussion today. But like I told you before the show, I'm going to share some quick uh, history and context, a synopsis of what this game is, just in case the listener is not familiar. Um, and Sherm, if you want to at any point, feel free to jump in. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I'm just going to be honestly talking for about three quick paragraphs. So here I go. Quake is the first-person shooter game developed by id Software and published by GT Interactive. The first game in the Quake series was originally released for MS-DOS, Microsoft Windows, and Linux in 1996, followed by Mac OS and Sega Saturn in 1997, and the Nintendo 64 even got a port of the game in 1998. In the game, Players must find their way through various maze-like medieval environments while battling monsters using an array of weaponry. The overall atmosphere is dark and gritty, with many stone textures and rusty, capitalized font. Quake takes heavy inspiration from gothic fiction and the works of H.P. Lovecraft, which literally two episodes ago we were talking about the game Bloodborne, and that guy came up a lot, so (laughs) it's kind of a theme lately. That guy. Yeah, that that, that Mr. Man. Um, the successor to id Software's Doom series, Quake built upon the technology and gameplay of its predecessor. But unlike the Doom engine before it, the Quake engine offered full real-time 3D rendering and had early support for 3D acceleration through OpenGL. I honestly couldn't even tell you what that means. No, no it, clue here. Um, it, it's just it's a uh, it's basically the the rendering software the the way that it talks to anyway sorry <laughs> no this no thank you for jumping in i, I was like do, do you know because because to me i was like that's just 3d uh who's he what's it's um after doom helped popularize multiplayer death matches quake added various multiplayer options as well online multiplayer became increasingly common with the quake world update and software such as quake spy making the process of finding and playing others on the internet easier and more reliable despite Receiving critical acclaim, Quake's development was controversial in the history of id Software. Due to creative differences and a lack of leadership, the majority of the team left the company after the game's release. I'm actually reading that sentence for the first time, so that was a surprise to me. Uh, (laughs) Including co-founder John Romero. A remastered version of Quake was developed for Night Dive Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks and was released for Microsoft Windows, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One consoles in August 2021, including the game's uh, original game's extended content and two episodes developed by Machine Games. The PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X versions were released that October. Um, is there anything, you know, baseline level that we need to know about the game outside of those three monologue paragraphs that I just <laughs> shared, Sure. Thank you for thank you for listening. Yeah, I th- I think you you covered it and cuz I was like going back um, to try to sort of like get a little bit of like what the game was about mm-hmm. to like refresh my memory and um, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me which you which you brought up was the big deal about this game was basically uh, Doom walked so this game could fly essentially yeah. like the, the 3D aspect of it which is and we'll get into it and why it was like so meaningful for me and also just like as a professional development it, this game was actually very important to me oh cool um was its 3D rendering engine was like really groundbreaking, but I think they pushed so hard 
that the team fell apart because John Carmack, who was the lead developer on it with John Romero, um, I think they they burnt out their team yeah. because they were basically making up a bunch of things that had never been done before. Mm. Um, and I think that was that. I think that was probably the biggest takeaway from this game because. I think they've subsequently tried to like bring Quake back in like recent years that it just doesn't have the same impact because there's so many games were built off of Quake's sort of um, genesis that yeah you, you can't you can't requake Quake yeah nowadays. so it was like a, it was basically it was like very much lightning in a bottle at the time yeah oh thank you um that's it's funny even just like from the brief research i've done for this episode i feel like you're just expanding on that for me so uh thank you very much yeah i mean this game is we'll get into uh, if you've seen doom or any early first person shooter it you know to a certain extent looks and functions similarly we're i'm sure as as sherm sort of hinted at we're going to get into some of what made it really cool for him and what uh how it sort of evolved that the genre um but yeah that was that was all i really knew about it coming into researching which is kind of nuts um just because this game i was a little little young for this game (laughs) um all right well now that we've got a baseline understanding of what quake is uh let's get into it sherm uh for starters how did you come across this game do you remember specifically or was it more of like a vague oh this exists so I the way that I came across it is um, so I went I went to a private Catholic school in high school because I was a I was a bad kid and I had to go to a private school. Oh, naughty, um, naughty! Yeah, so we had as one of our courses we had computer lab, which was basically just like a like a nothing class that you know you could like catch up on like homework or like something like that. So I'm getting nostalgic but, just hearing those words together. <laughs> computer that's lab, you, just, you can like. You can hear the hum of the beige boxes, all, yeah. all, all 16 <laughs> yes. of them in that room. Um, but, you know, like most computer labs, the lights were low and it was usually the teacher in charge with like the cheerleading teacher or like or the coach or the, the football coach, like some, mm-hmm. some coach or faculty that was like we need someone on this you you go do it so they never they never paid attention uh that's important to understand uh sort of the (laughs) the setup of the of the class because you basically could do whatever you wanted and this was also the early days of the internet where adults didn't really understand or or pay attention to what it was and so like for, for us young kids, um, we were like hungry for content and games and things like that. So like um, in computer lab, I showed up one day and someone handed me a three and a half inch floppy disk. Yes. And handwritten in blue Bic pen was the word Quake. And I was like, what is this? And they were like, put it in and then install it. And then like, I just saw everyone was glued to their screen and they were in this like bizarre world and as you mentioned like i was familiar with doom but mainly because of like gaming magazines okay. and the artwork for it and i was like what is this game it looks freaking dope and then i and then i watched gameplay of it like someone playing it or something uh and i was like this looks ridiculous like it, it looked <laughs> like sorry if you're like a doom fan and you were like this is the this is what the genesis is I, like as a as a young high school student i was like this looks so weird and it, it reminded me of um 
like Windows 95 screensavers, uh, the, yes. the maze. That's what Doom looked like. I was like, why are you playing a screensaver? Um, but when I saw people playing Quake, and this is, I think, what really like imprinted on me was like the 3D world that you could literally mm -hmm. jump around. And primary, like before this, like most of my video game experience, like I mentioned before, was like on NES and PlayStation One. You played like I, I played like Cool Borders and like like oh. these like games where you could like really like explore the space and stuff. Mm. But it didn't really exist on a PC. It was like very. Um, at that level and so when i saw everyone playing i was like what is this game and so but because the teacher didn't pay attention everyone just installed the game and then it had a multiplayer function as you mentioned in the yeah in the, um intro they introduced multiplayer and it just sort of like blew up for the world so it was really cool because computer lab was not just like oh this is just for like 10th graders or 11th graders or whatever it was like everybody and so yeah. the interesting thing about this is like you were playing freshman versus senior versus like everyone was in on it. But also I think people were like savvy enough for the internet that like multiple computer labs throughout the high school were connected. So Whoa. you weren't just playing people in your room. You were playing like Tommy in like uh, the North wing of your high school. And his, <laughs> he was like, but there was only one like real computer lab, but there were, computers in every classroom so like you could get computer time depending on what classroom you were in so i'm sure someone was like in like ap english like trying to like say they were editing their paper but they were really like playing sherman in quake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but it was it was so funny because that was like how it it like spread like wildfire because it was like you just needed the disc that was it and, and then you, you loaded just put it on your in. computer yeah, and then like I like like I tried to evangelize you for Destiny. I like was evangelizing for Quake, and I was like, "Hey, have you have you heard of Quake? Let me put this on your machine." And so like I would help people like set up their stuff, and it was like pretty simple back then. You just like start game or do multiplayer, and then you would do like local server or whatever, and then everyone just got on the same local server mm -hmm. in the high school, and it was just a it was like a battle royale, oh. and it was really funny because you would get like cheerleaders and like theater kids like playing this game Whoa. and it was super fun and but because it was so fluid and fast like it was like very addicting but also i think quake was the first wasdy uh game like really so i think i think doom when I was reading about this, like you did most everything on the direction arrows. Interesting, but, yeah. But I think Quake, you did, you used WASD. And They're so, like, what like, if we put these keys eight to the left? Yeah, and then like, oh, I changed the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you and you you jump with your thumb on the spacebar. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> and like, I I was for some reason I took to it really well, and I was mm -hmm. like pretty good at it. But like, if you, Connor. I play PC games with a controller now because I just can't these days. Like my WASD game is uh, garbage. Just not at the so, snuff anymore. I know. I'm not. I had a brief WASD period, uh, yeah. and I didn't even. I didn't know that that was the that how people even said it. I think I was just like, well, that's where I put my fingers when I play yeah. a first person shooter on the computer, <laughs> or any or like played a little bit of you know Fable growing up, and it was kind of the same thing. Any game really where it was probably in a 3d space but anyway you were really just a, an ace at that at the time yeah I, I got really good at it and i think and how i mentioned before i really liked 
sort of the Easter eggs or the glitching of mm. games. And so there was a command function in Quake where, oh. uh, like, I think that's like how you saved and things like that. But you could also then enter in like features. And oh. so um, just like in Mario or in Sonic, there were secret areas. You just typed in like backslash backs or whatever. And you could do like God mode or you could do like gravity. You were basically like debugging the game. Yeah while you could play it so you could make the gravity of the game be like as if you were on the moon so if you mm -hmm. like jumped across a like a, a crevasse <laughs> um, <laughs> like a ditch you would go flying if you set your gravity like to a certain level and so that was super i mean you couldn't do that with multiplayer games but you could do it in the solo game um but that was kind of the other aspect to the game that i found really fascinating it's like oh i could like manipulate this world that i'm in and I could like explore and it really like um, kind of like piqued my interest for 3D design. Yeah. So like, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm an architect, but like my, the way that I work is I 3D model everything that I make. And then wow. I do. So I think that was my first foray into like seeing how 3D worlds could be built and manipulated and you could change it and then like that just sort of like carried its way throughout my you know educational and professional development <laughs> that's so cool was that something that was just maybe like a like a, a a string that just followed you throughout your life or were there like moments or like or was it immediately like no this is something i'm interested in or was it like a seed that was planted I think, I mean, I was always interested, you know, I was a Lego kid. And so nice. I, I, but like the things that I would build, they were like houses. Like yeah. my parents were like, you didn't like just like, you know, build a wall and like make like funny shapes and stuff. I was like four and I had built like a house and they're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's a three different. bedroom, a two bath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got a <laughs> chimney. It's great. Um, but I think because I can't also afford did... it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and this economy. <laughs> um, but in high school, I took drafting and design, which is basically Ooh. how you do like blueprint drawings. No one calls it blueprint. For God's sakes, if if you ever write anything and there's an architect in it, I will slap you if you call their drawings blueprints. I, <laughs> I swear, like. I watch so many TV shows and movies are like, oh, so-and-so is an architect. Bring out the blueprints. Blueprints haven't been used since like the 90s. Do you think that's Sorry. like just they're like, hey, no audience is going to get it. You're going to have to call it this even though we know it's wrong. Yeah, I mean, because we call them construction documents, but someone would be like, oh, what? Oh, yeah. what? Uh, the big word. Uh, yeah. I well, first of all, permission to slap me at any time. You don't gotta wait till that. Uh, oh, good. We've talked about that before. But I could, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> reminding you and others that they have permission to strike me. Um, but anyway, you were you took this class in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, um, and it was so there was like a series of things that like clicked. So like this class I was like, oh, I'm good at this. I can draw because I was like always someone that like drew things. I was very like art. Yeah, creative interest like person but then when I took drafting I was like oh I could like do something with this that's more like built and constructive not that there's anything not constructive about art but I was like oh I could like really make something with this and maybe then, something tangible is that what you mean yeah like yeah. I could I could kind of really amp up my creativity by actually having things built out of like what I draw 
And mm. I think that's essentially what video games are, right? But you are digitally building them as opposed to physically. Um, and so, um, I like video games up until that point had 3D world building, but yeah. because of Quake, and I was kind of like exposed to the, cause you could like glitch behind walls and stuff and you could kind of see behind the curtain of like yeah. how the worlds were built and cause everything is just surfaces. You could get outside of it. And I was like, oh, like this is all just, not that I thought the worlds were real in Cool Borders yeah. or, or Skate, but like um, it was really fun to kind of see that. I was like, oh, I, I see how it's made. Like I could see how doing this uh, could be something that I would be interested in, and mm. um, which you know, fast forward fifteen years later, I I do a lot of this kind of thing. So I think that was kind of like one of the thing, other things that clicked for me that I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Oh, that's so cool! It's so cool to see you know one of the moments in your life that sort of kicked that off because it sounds like that was you know you were already from a young age, you know building things and, and being creative but it's just it's really fun to hear the uh, s- some of the steps that got you there um i think so this is unrelated to the episode but hearing you talk about like glitching behind walls and seeing how things are structured and peaks behind the curtain i off the top of my head i'm gonna try to look this up right now there's a youtube channel i want to say it it has something to do with like, being called like out of bounds but they'll mm-hmm. uh, but they'll just like look up uh, or look at uh, like Super Mario sixty four for example and like the the I, the whatever the first Bob on Battlefield and like they'll manipulate the camera move it all around see how things are made look at oh that's actually not a skybox it's a cube that follows the camera everywhere mm-hmm. all sorts of really interesting things that sort of uh, I'm gonna try I'm gonna look it up right now that just give it really funky perspective on a games that you may have never seen. Uh, let's yeah, see. Out of bounds. Are you, are you familiar um, with this? Uh, I I don't know if it's that one. I'll, I'll vamp a little bit while you while you yeah. try to find it. But um, that's one of my like favorite like Destiny YouTube videos to watch. Is like people will try to find glitches to reveal because like when the game developers uh, build the worlds, they'll like leave in parts that they will later build on that we can access later. Oh. So people will glitch out of bounds and then find like ridiculous ways to get there. Like I'm talking like, so if you remember in Destiny, you have like a little, your little sparrow, your little little yes. mobility guy. So there's a way that you can glitch with that where you basically like do like somersaults and things like that. You're basically like defying or tricking the uh, the game into believing that it, that you're like, I don't know, like falling or something like yeah. that. So it doesn't kick you back to out of, or like if you go out of bounds in Destiny, you just like die. Yeah. But like they found ways in order to get you to places that you're not quote unquote supposed to go to. Uh-huh. And people have revealed secrets of future expansions because they've left the code in the games so that they don't have, they're just continually building upon the world and they'll just unlock it when it's ready. So like, oh. and I mean, they'll, they'll like get into source code and stuff like that, but it's really like glitching out of the game bounds that people really discover like, oh, there's like a whole different level. Like this is going to be the next raid or whatever. So sorry. Uh, no, don't apologize. The, I, um, I did, but that is, that is really fascinating too. The, I'm not going to pronounce this YouTube channel, right? But I did find it. It's uh Chasez and that's, uh, or maybe she says S H E S E Z. 
Um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure this is the one because I'm seeing an Ocarina of Time Out of Bounds video that I, I think I have seen. Called They're called Boundary Breaks. I'm also uh. assuming there's probably multiple YouTubers who do this. This is one that I think. But anyway, um, that whole thing is always fascinating to me. Um, I, have a, I have a couple questions for you about mm-hmm. about Quake and your time with it. Um, the first question that I have is, um, uh, was there anything outside of the, uh, the graphics especially that stood out to you about the game, whether it was the ability to play with other people, this, I don't know, something about the single player mode, or what's something else that uh, you remember enjoying about this game? I think the thing that got me or like, made me stick with the game was because I knew there was Doom and then there was Wolfenstein. Like there were games sort of like that, but obviously the Quake rendering engine was just leaps and bounds beyond yeah. those games. But um, as you mentioned in the the description, it was modeled after. So like the lore of Quake is like real weird, right? Mm-hmm. So like Doom is like they find a portal to hell because someone's trying to like travel between like different areas right and then the portals that they make actually bring them to hell right like mm. that's that's doom so quake is sort of more like um it's like a space adventure but you have these like portals that take you to and from different like i think dimensions or something yes. so that that's why there's like monsters and stuff and they they model their monsters after lovecraftian like uh, imagery yes. so i think that specific imagery was what really intrigued me about the game. I just hmm. like the design of the monsters and stuff. And like, I, I think I have like a thing for like, like scary games, but yeah. like, I don't like playing them. But I'm drawn to like, I would rather play things that are a little bit darker, a little bit scary. I'm not a fan of like, I'm a person and I'm going to go shoot other people like Call of Duty. I think that's yeah. super weird that you want to go shoot other people. So like, I'd rather shoot monsters. Yeah, um, totally. But like Doom wasn't my thing because I was like the hell and demon imagery has been pla- I went to a Catholic school. So yeah. I was, I was so used to it <laughs> that I was like, that's not interesting to me. Old um, news, guys. Old news. I've seen demons. It's fine. Uh, but with Quake, it was like very different sort of like monsters that were really interesting i think another game that i was really interested in that kind of like was along this line was the first resident evil i remember playing that game on playstation one at like one in the morning with my friends it was like two of my other good friends and we would take turns doing like the scary like the hallway's dark and you gotta turn the corner like oh my god and all this like but it was so fun yeah but but there were monsters so it wasn't like believable uh because they're not real um so but in quake i really liked the world that we were in it was it didn't Mm. make sense i don't think they really concentrated on that there wasn't really like a strong story but i thought the character designs were really cool i mean Mm -hmm. they were very like pixelated and stuff but it was enough for you to get like what was going on i mean like also oh yeah uh the sound design was amazing do you know who did was that in the in the the description that uh who did the music was in the description but i don't know if he also did the sound design he by all means uh, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails yes. did the soundtrack and a lot of the sound design and I think that was something and he only did it for Quake I don't think he returned for two or three and so it's very different if you can if you compare the music 
they call it a soundscape versus yeah. a soundtrack. So like trans music and the atmosphere he created for the game, which apparently he was interested in it because he was really blown away by Doom and he's like, I want to work with you guys. And so there is a real atmosphere that's um, defined by the soundscape that Trent gave the game that it felt eerie. Mm. Like even like the the sound of the grenades hitting surfaces in that game is like, if you played Quake and you hear that sound, it's like it's so identifiable. Oh, wow. But it's such a, it's such a good sound um, that they they never were able to kind of achieve with the future Quake releases because I think they got a little bit more like mainstream in their yeah. approach, where like Quake was a bit of like a for better or worse like labor of love and pain. <laughs> yeah. But Trent Trent did a really good job, and I, it, like it felt it there was like a mood to the game so like when you played you you didn't feel like you were in a soundtrack or like uh um you kind of just wanted to be in the world i thought it was super cool that's interesting oh so cool um i didn't realize he did more th- i was assuming there was just like a score he did but also like just seeing hearing how cool the sound design uh and the soundscape as you said was is fascinating um yeah actually the loot boxes or the ammo boxes have nine inch the NIN for Nine Inch Nails on them in the game. You know what, Sherman? I have something very exciting uh, for you. I don't. I I still don't have like a sound effect to play. Uh, but I will. I'll I'll just say right now, ding ding ding. This is a, one of the occasional times on the show where the listener actually shares one of the fun facts to come later. This is really fun for me when this happens. Um, so <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, I I had the fact titled Nine Inch Nail Gun. Um. And the cases, I think it was specifically of the nail gun ammo, carry the logo <laughs> for the Nine Inch Nails. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and the one-man band of the game's composer, Trent Reznor. So, yeah. you know what? We'll see. Maybe you'll maybe you'll actually get the, the other one before we finish, but that is so fun for me. Again, for the listener, just in case I'm a little scattered here, this is one of the fact-me-by-your-game uh, facts I was going to share with Sherman. Hey, you got us there. Um <laughs> I do have an, I have one other question for you. Well, mm-hmm. it might it might lead to a couple questions. The first of which is: Is this a game that you only played at school, or did you ever bring this home? Yeah, so I I brought it home, uh, you know, on my trusty three and a half inch floppy disk, just hiding uh, it. Like, please, mom and dad, don't find this. Yeah, and so this is this was the era of uh, dude, you're getting a Dell. So I had a Dell <laughs> at home yes. uh, that I played, but. This is also the time of dial-up. So it worked mm. at school because we were all basically, a, we were a LAN party. So yes. we were like real time playing like, each other. Like hardwired so, together. Yeah. So there was no lag or delay. So it was like a really good time. But I brought it home and I played the game, like the the actual campaign. Mm. But when I tried to kind of like recreate my multiplayer joy, online i just couldn't do it because you know my aol minutes ran out no yeah but it was like it was just so slow that it just it just didn't work yeah and so uh, it just it, it faded a little bit and so when i went to college and i i had that same machine i tried to kind of like see mm-hmm. if anyone else played and then it wasn't like like it didn't it didn't carry over and then architecture came and then also I don't know if you know this, Connor. I moved to New York a ni- uh, the week before 9-11. I so, didn't know that. So, like, that also kind of shifted sort of, like, my... <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> Not imagine. playing video games and stuff like that. Um, 
Wow. So, uh, yeah, like Quake and all the other games kind of like faded away once I got to college because it wasn't, I couldn't really play outside of the computer. Yeah. I could, I, I couldn't recreate the computer lab experience ever again. Yes. Well, th- so that does lead me to um, what I think my last question um, is there, do you have any memories, broad or specific, uh, of playing with people? Uh, of, pl- of playing, you know, at school? Like, was there some big, crazy, climactic moment? Or were, was there just, like, broad feelings and stuff that you remember from playing with people? Yeah, it's, it was never, like, we didn't get so... Because, you know, we were uh, being sneaky. Also, so, yeah, like, hiding it the whole time. <laughs> we, we were being sneaky. So, like, you, we couldn't... You, you'd, like, sit there, and if you got killed, you know, like, someone would, like, spawn camp or whatever and, like, totally take you out as soon as you as you <laughs> got in there. And so, like, you would have to like, kind of, like, silently be like... Gah! Yeah. Gah! You know, <laughs> so, like, we we couldn't do, like, tournaments. Oh, this typing any... test is so hard. <laughs> it's like, wasty, wasty, wasty. <laughs> um, so... Like, like we never got to the point where we could kind of like have to tournaments or like things like that. Yeah. Or like, um, but it was, it was the thing that I think I remember or the takeaway of like playing. And, and I feel like this is such a specific moment in time where like um, kind of like computer lab and before like really like because um, DSL and cable modems didn't really exist at this point. Mm-hmm. It was all dial-up. So, like, in order to play like this, it really you had to have a LAN party. It was yeah. the only way to really like do it fast. Um, it was kind of fun to play alongside like seniors that like you normally wouldn't interact with. Like, huh. I was, you know, I was like in track and stuff, and that's kind of like maybe where we might mix with each other. But you didn't really like interact. But like, you could like. Uh, and it would go from like the um, like maybe like gamer nerds or things like that to like the jocks or like the more like popular kids. They would all, like they'd all play it. And oh, so wow. that was kind of like one thing that we had because it was just sort of like I don't know if they were particularly like taken by the game, but because it was there and we could play with each other, it was the thing that we all better did. than just sitting on your computer or like doing whatever they wanted you to actually do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is so uh that's so fun and cool. Uh just who knew that Quake could just unite uh a, yeah. a, a high school. Um <laughs> I love that. Uh this this is really not important, but do you remember what this teacher's name would have been? You know, I feel like she was I'm mixing up classes. I yeah. had a computer lab class, and but I also had a desktop publishing class oh. where we also got on the internet as well. We would play like um, uh, flash games on yeah. websites like Newgrounds and things like that. And you would play like games you were not supposed to play at a Catholic high school. Oh, yeah. um, but, oh, what was her name? Her name was her first name was Jody. She was a cheerleader coach. That's why okay. we knew her first name because jo- you know, she was cool and young. Jody um, might be Jody might be enough because I don't want to like people. Not that I don't think we really have a listener base. It's gonna be like you're uh, gonna get her fired, dude. Facebook because she didn't pay enough. <laughs> yeah, she's still there, just like oblivious to the fact that kids are playing Fortnite or whatever it is now. Um, but uh, ah, uh, that was there's just so many fun details that you painted for us. Um, 
Sure. Uh, before we move on to the post-show uh, segments that I have prepared for you, is there – I want to just leave this up to you. Is there either something you didn't get to share about your experience with Quake or would you like to just uh, summarize for us just the place that it held for you? Yeah. I mean it was such like a – I didn't actually play the game for very long. I yeah. want to say it was like maybe a semester – maybe for the year mm -hmm. but it made such an impression on me because i i sought or like really wanted to have that experience again that i honestly didn't have until destiny because mm. with destiny that's when i went on like raids with like a bunch of people and then like you were all in the same like shared world that like i hadn't really experienced before because it was more like solo missions or like maybe you would be playing next to your friend in mm -hmm. the room because they were connected to the same console but i think for me that mass that multiplayer aspect of quake had escaped me for like such a long time but it stayed with me because i was like that was so cool that i could do that and not till i played games like um destiny or even um the same like group of friends would play Monster Hunter World mm. um, and, and other things like that where we could like, you know, I hadn't really been a gamer since high school like that. So like, as I mentioned, I came in and out of gaming. Yeah. So like the things that people did, I was kind of like late to the game to pick up. So like, you know, multiplayer online where you can like speak with a mic and a headset and all. I didn't really do that until destiny in later games so like i i had to kind of like catch up a bit yeah but once i kind of got in the groove of it i was like oh i forgot what this was like it's super fun but also like in high school i knew everybody so no one can really like be a shithead yes uh, but <laughs> in the world of the internet you can get some real you can get some real weirdos and so like uh, that also kind of like scarred me a little bit for like doing like an lfg raid to like get a clan because mine had disappear from destiny and yes like, oh there's um there's some there's some strangers out there yeah really gosh um but yeah so gosh sherman thank you so much for sharing about uh you're seeing it is there is there is there someone running around by you there is there is a liz uh, uh crawling around, around. crawling around what are you doing that is the most uh liz thing <laughs> <laughs> Listener can we make, home can we make that my thumbnail? Yeah, we'll just <laughs> screenshot that exact part because that is so fun. Just Liz, just barely. <laughs> just, I, I knew, I had a feeling that we would see uh, a former guest of the show, Liz Adams, just pop, pop in. Oh, she, I, I, I see you. She, um, I think, she, I think there's a new Sim uh, expansion that she wanted to. I'm just kidding. We'll do DLC for Liz's episode. Um, yeah, DLC for Liz. Okay. But uh, Sherm, thank you so much for sharing about your experience with Quake and in your experiences with games in general. Uh, that was that was really fun. But I do have yeah. some post-show segments for you. We'll start with okay. the Fact Me by Your Game segment, which, hey, we already got one out there. So thanks again, Sherm. That was real. It's always truly a joy for me when a listener will just <laughs> casually bring it up. But the other one I have for you, I have titled Not Medieval Today, even though it's there's still some medieval aspects in this game. Originally intended to be a fully medieval game with swords and a dragon, but only a few months... Oh, this game was originally intended. Um, but only a few months before it was released, guns were added and role-playing aspects were removed. The dragon was also removed, although 
several monsters like the knights and fiends uh, were mm. kept from that theme. And then I guess a dragon was later added to a second mission pack by Rogue Entertainment. Um, I couldn't tell you. Um, uh, but then you already touched on the nine inch uh, nail gun <laughs> fact <laughs> that we had, which was which was the more fun one I want to say. Um, and but then I'll lead you into the final segment that we have here, Sherman. The uh, game recommendations, uh, and listeners of the show will know that I treat this uh, that I'm going to treat Quake as your romantic summer love your uh, hot fiery fling that you have an experience with but of course that's going to flame out at a certain point and you're going to need to move on to a different experience so i'm going to propose some uh, some new flings for you uh, and we'll see if any of them stick so i've got three recommendations for you today the first of which is if you want to play a game like quake but with a star wars twist i'll go ahead and recommend star wars dark forces which was also originally on the MS-DOS. It is another Doom clone, uh, just in the Star Wars world. This is a game I played on the PC growing up, and it's freaking cool. Okay, okay. I don't even know if it's available on any platforms, but I had to recommend it. I'm sure there's an emulator out there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I truly, this is one that I think about often, and I'm like, how can I play this game? Uh, (laughs) I still have the disc, but I just don't know how to play it. Um, If... You like your HP Lovecraft, but want it modern and way hard? I'll recommend Bloodborne, a game we talked about recently with uh, guest of the show David Olson. That game looks so stressful. I've watched gameplay of that, and everyone is just like, "You died, you died." I'm like, oh my god, I cannot. That <laughs> it's a game that I am fascinated by, but I know is not for me, so I won't be uh, touching it. Um, and lastly, is if you want a game that just rhymes with Quake. I'll go ahead and recommend to you the classic Snake. Just Snake. Just snake. the classic Snake? Got it. I think, I don't know where it originated. I played it mostly on a Nokia phone back in 2003, oh, 2004. Yeah. Are you uh-huh. familiar with Snake? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I think I <laughs> I think I put it on my TI-83, too, at some point. <laughs> All right. Now we're talking. Um, again, I'll, I'll go ahead and summarize those recommendations. Again, Star Wars Dark Forces. Bloodborne, and Just Snake. But that'll do it for the game recommendations. And that will actually bring us to the end of the show. So uh, before we go out and uh, get out of here and plug whatever we want, Sherm, thanks so much for doing this. This was an absolute blast. Uh, It was so fun just to learn a little bit more about you and to hear about your experience with Quake. So thanks for doing it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, An absolute blast. Be, Be thinking about it all weekend. Um... Is there anything that you want to plug? Anything you want to get out there for the listener? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, if this were last week, I just did a Lego installation. Oh, my God. Speaking of Legos, yes. I did a Lego activation at the Grove, but it's it's gone now. Oh, so what's a Lego you... activation? Uh, so Lego was promoting Lego Dots. It's just the, like little color tiles that oh. you cover on the base plates and you can like make pictures and that kind of stuff. So they did the whole like activation at the Grove where you could go and take a quiz to see what your like colors are and stuff like that. So it was super fun. But basically what we did is we created three rooms that were all 12 foot cubes and you, the entire exterior of them were built, were 
blown up versions of the color tiles of Lego dots. So there's oh. like circles and quarter rounds and arches and stuff of the Lego dot colors. So, but it was really fun. Oh my gosh. Well, huh. If you're, if but you're it, in the but it's, LA... uh, it's, it's gone, it's gone. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's just like an improv set. You'll, you'll never see it again, but uh, right. yeah, if you're in LA, uh, just keep your eyes and ears open for the next cool thing that Sherman Adams is doing. And, and before then, I'm sure that we're going to have a dad's together at some point. You mark my words. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm was, sorry for not having one on the pod. I, I was tempted to have one, but honestly, at, I don't know what happened, but every time I drink now, the next day, it's just, it's, it's <laughs> just bad, bad news. news. <laughs> I, have to, I have to find my, my like drink that I can like not die the next day. Yes. We will, we will have that. Ah, oh, I can't wait. Um, well, thanks again, uh, Sherm. I'll just go ahead and close us out with some plugs of my own. Uh, the show art for Call Me By Your Game, the wonderful art you see in your podcast app wherever you're listening, is done by Glenn J. Wonderful artist. You should check out Glenn and his other wonderful great works on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. The show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. You can find him and his great podcast, Video Games, a comedy show. You can follow me, Connor McCabe, on social media at Connor with an E-R underscore McCabe. You can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons with C-O-N-Z is cool 69, which I haven't streamed, I think literally since January, but I've been putting it out there that I'm going to get back into the streaming game. Helps that my girlfriend's, uh, you know, out of town for like three and a half weeks. Gives me a little extra time. So I think sometime, if not this weekend, certainly next, I'm going to stream something. And lastly, as I said at the beginning of the show, you can support the show by subscribing to us on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. That's N as in Nancy, P as in Paul, and C. I don't know the word that you're supposed to use. I'm going to say crater, like a non-player character. But there, like I said, you can find a bunch of other wonderful content from the creators of this show and other uh, video game podcasts on our network, um, including a weekly show at any tier you sign up for uh, called Super NPCs by myself and producer of this show, Jeremy Schmidt. And right now, we have our Donkey Kong Games Club coming every Friday, or sorry, every other Friday at the $10 DJ Toad tier coming up uh this in th- two days after this episode comes out, uh, our episode on Donkey Kong Country will be out. We're covering all three of those games and the other ones that come after that. But anyway, that's it. And that'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one.